everyone. Welcome, New Hope Radio. Soon to be a New Hope Radio podcast. Glad to have you with us today. Let me ask you something. Here we are coming into a new year. What changes would you like to see in your life? You know, when we, when we come around the beginning of a new year, we usually think about change, don't we? What changes would you like to see in your life? You know, maybe we think of personal changes, relational changes, financial changes, physical changes. They come in all shapes and sizes looking for change. We're going to tell you today how to find real change in your life. All right, we're going to get right at it. Because you know what our topic is? It's a really good topic, and I love it, and I hope that you will love it as well. You know what it's called? When you meet Jesus, things change. That's how you find change. You want to find change? Don't look under the pillow on your couch. That's not the kind of change we're talking about. We're talking about changes for the better. And God wants you to know, and we want you to know, that when you meet Jesus, things change. Without life change, there's really no benefit from learning the things of God, is there? I mean, we read God's Word, we study the Scriptures, because we're looking for change. We're looking for different aspects of our lives to change. Now, when we began the series two episodes ago, we noted, number one, how to heal your issues. And we learned, bring them to God with determination. Oh, that's the key. The D word. Bring them to God with determination. We looked at a lady who bled, and she bled for 12 years, and she couldn't get any help from anybody. But you know what? She's determined. Oh, yeah. She wasn't going to give up. And when she heard about Jesus, boom, she was there. She was there fighting the crowd. I don't care. I'm going and check out this Jesus, and I really believe if I can get close enough, if I can just touch him, I'll be healed. She brought her issues to Christ with determination. Then we looked at another guy that had a paralysis problem, and he couldn't do anything to help himself. But you know what he had going for him? Friends. He had some real friends. What he couldn't do for himself, his friends did for him, and they brought him to Jesus. And when he met Jesus, boom, things changed. He got the healing that he was looking for. Today, we're going to see another life-changing principle. And you know what that is? What happens when God calls you? We're going to take a look at a guy named Zacchaeus. You might be familiar with him. Zacchaeus, some people call him Zacchaeus. That's okay. But before we look at Zacchaeus, that's not what I call him, I'm going to look at something else first. I want to look at four ways that we judge our worth or our self-worth. Four ways that we judge our self-worth. And, you know, we all might do it differently. Some judge their self-worth by obedience, I mean, by appearance. How do I look? If they like the way they look, they feel worthy. If they don't like the way they look, ah, they don't feel that worthy. Others, they judge their worth by achievement. What have I accomplished? 
And when they accomplish big things, great things, they feel, I'm really something. But then there are those that haven't accomplished much of anything, and obviously they're not going to feel like much of anything. Some people judge their worth by approval. How well am I liked? Do a lot of people like me? I must be okay. A lot of people don't like me? Oh, I guess I'm not okay. And then the fourth way is by affluence or affluence. That's another one of those words I always get stuck on. Affluence. What do I own? If I own a lot of stuff, hey, I really feel successful. But if I don't own a lot of stuff, maybe I'm not worth that much. I don't know. Maybe I haven't really succeeded in life. Well, God is going to show us today that whatever you may think or not think of yourself, you matter greatly to him. I like that. Whatever you think of yourself or whatever you don't think of yourself, you matter greatly to God. See, God measures us in very different ways than the way that we measure ourselves. That's why our man of the hour is so important to this principle, Zacchaeus. So we're going to pick it up in Luke chapter 19, and I'm going to begin reading in verse 1. Jesus entered and was passing through Jericho. Sound familiar? Yeah, isn't that the road that the Good Samaritan was on when he found that poor guy robbed and beaten and half dead? Well, Jesus is going down that road too. And behold, now you know what the word behold means. Look at that. Pay attention. Behold, there was a man called by the name of Zacchaeus, and he was a chief tax gatherer, and he was rich. And he was trying to see who Jesus was. He was unable because of the crowd, for he was small in stature. Okay? So we find three aspects of Zacchaeus. Let's get to know this guy. Number one, he's a chief tax collector. He had tax collectors working under him. That's what that means. See, the tax collectors actually worked for the Roman government, those dirty rats. They paid a fixed sum of money to Rome for the privilege of levying tolls upon exports and imports and all other merchandise that passed through the region. And they would charge huge sums of money, whatever the traffic could bear, and the tax collectors had a bad reputation. They were extortioners. They would, see, they would pay Rome what Rome wanted, and then whatever they charged on top of that, that was their pay, And it tells us that Zacchaeus was pretty good at it because he was rich. If a tax collector was a Jew, he was considered a traitor and was hated by his own people because they worked for the Romans. Like, come on. That's who Zacchaeus was. Zacchaeus turned on his own people. And you know why? Because he wanted to be rich. He was a wealthy man. He settled for finances over friends. You ever do that? Settle for finances over friends? That's what we do when we're dishonest. That's what we do when we steal and when we lie. We settle for finances over friends. Let me tell you, friends will take you a lot further than finances will. Like we saw with the story of the paralyzed man. So Zacchaeus, he was a traitor to his people. He was very wealthy and he was small in stature. He was short. 
He was like the Danny DeVito of the day. Okay? So picture Danny DeVito sitting at a tax booth or maybe having other people sit at tax booths and he was going around collecting money from him, from them. And he heard about Jesus and Jesus was coming down the road and he wanted to see Jesus. So what did he do? He was pretty resourceful. In verse 4, he ran on ahead and he climbed up into a sycamore tree in order to see him because Jesus was about to pass through that way. Now, I want you to notice how specific the Bible is. It doesn't say that he climbed a tree, but a sycamore tree. And why a sycamore tree? Well, a sycamore tree it was in the fig tree family, and it was a tree that was kind of, sh- the branches hung low to the ground, and the trees were wide. And many times they planted these trees along the roadsides. So Zacchaeus could probably jump up and grab one of the low branches and pull himself up and get into the tree. So that's that was the benefit of a sycamore tree. Okay? So then Jesus is passing by in verse 5. He came to the place, and you know what he did? He looked up. Now, does Jesus look up into every tree? Probably not. But something was going on in this tree. What was going on? <laughs> Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was in the tree. And Jesus looked up. And you know what he said to Zacchaeus? He didn't say to him, What are you doing up, man, up there, man? You're to break your neck. He didn't do that. You know what he said? He said, Hurry and come down. For today I must stay at your house. Wow. Jesus is inviting himself to the house of Zacchaeus. Hope Club is a membership of supporters of New Hope Radio heard daily here on WARV. Would you join the Hope Club and commit $3 a week? In return, you'll receive an audio file devotional in your email box every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. You'll receive other bonuses as well. And of course, you'll have the joy of keeping New Hope Radio on the air. Just go to newhopecc.tv, scroll down to support, click e-giving, click choose fund, and then radio. Enough people joining the Hope Club will ensure that New Hope Radio stays on the air. And thanks for your support. Ah, the Hope Club. We need it. We hope you join the Hope Club. $3 a week. Keep New Hope Radio on the air. We want to be there. We want to be here as often as we can every day. Many are 28 years. We want to be here even longer. So join us if you would appreciate the teachings of New Hope Radio. Get on board, three bucks a week. And I'm going to send you, as I said, an audio file devotional Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And we've got some other stuff going on, too. We're going to be telling, telling you about a little bit later. But let's get back in the tree. Zacchaeus is up in the tree. Jesus looks up, says, Zacchaeus, I'm having dinner at your house tonight. Now, that's confidence. 
Jesus invites himself to the house of Zacchaeus. So what do we learn here? Number one, we learn no matter how significant I feel, Jesus notices me. You know, the Lord notices the most, what we would consider to be the most insignificant things. Remember when Jesus said, are not five sparrows sold for two cents? And yet, not one of them is forgotten before God. And what's he saying? That if God remembers the little sparrows, oh, how much more will he remember you? So here Jesus takes the initiative. Not Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus is just hiding in the tree. Jesus takes the initiative. You know why? Maybe because of what Paul said. There's none who seeks for God. But you know what the good news is? God seeks for you. Remember back in the Garden of Eden? Remember that? Adam and Eve failed. They sinned. And what happened? Jesus came looking for them. In the cool of the day, he came walking through the garden. Adam, where are you? Where are you? He's looking for them. God, I love that. God comes looking for people. Oh, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him will never perish but have everlasting life. God goes looking for people. That's the first thing we learn. Number two, no matter what others say about me, Jesus affirms me. Jesus called them by name. You know, I, I, I don't think they ever met. These guys never met. And Jesus says, hey, Zacchaeus, he knew who he was. Zacchaeus, come on down. Hurry up. Today I'm staying at your house. You know why Jesus called him by name? A lot of guys that he healed, he didn't call everybody by name. But Zacchaeus was an example that God wanted to show. He said, when you use someone's name, you know what you do? You affirm them. That's what Jesus is doing there. Zacchaeus needed affirmation. By using his name, he's affirming him. You know, it's a cold conversation when people don't use the name of the person that they're talking to. Now, you know you've noticed that in life, right? Maybe you've done it, or maybe it's happened to you. When you don't use the name of the person... It's because the conversation is cold. Oh, it's not a good conversation. And you don't want to affirm them by using their name. But here, Jesus affirms Zacchaeus by using his name. Thirdly, we also learn from this scene, no matter what I've done, Jesus wants me. Hurry and come down, he said. I'm going to be a guest at your house today. Wow. And you know, I love the way Jesus really affirmed it. He said, I must stay at your house. He didn't say I want to or I'd like to. He said, I must. I have to do this. Zacchaeus, I have to do this. Come on down. And notice what Zacchaeus did. You know what Zacchaeus did in verse 6? He hurried and he came down. And received him gladly. 
It reminds me of the shepherds when the angel said, a Savior is born for you this day. And what did the shepherds do? They hurried to Bethlehem. They hurried up. See, when you hear good news, you hurry up. Zacchaeus heard good news. Wow, somebody wants me. Somebody might actually like me. Somebody wants to spend time with me. Oh, that was good news for Zacchaeus. So he hurried down, and he received Jesus gladly. You know, that could have been the highlight of Zacchaeus' life as long as he was alive so far. You think of Zacchaeus. He was short. He was hated. He was rejected socially. And yet, he was recognized, affirmed, and accepted by Jesus. Why? Why did Jesus do that? Because Jesus knows when you really meet him, things change. And you always change for the better. He has a knack of not looking at people for what they are, but for what they can become. That's the beauty of meeting Christ. If you truly have met Christ, things are going to change in your life. Now, I know people that talk about Christ and they say that they believe in Him, but their lives are as shipwrecked as they ever were. And they're so lost as they could ever be. Why? Because they haven't really met Jesus. So we've got this beautiful scene coming down, scene of affirmation, scene of acceptance, and you know who shows up? The potty poopers. Every potty has a pooper, that's why we invited you. And verse 7, when they saw it, who's they? You'll see. They all began to grumble, saying, he's going to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. Who's they? Probably everybody. Everybody that knew Zacchaeus was a tax collector. They said, oh, that Jesus. Oh, he's, don't, Doesn't he know who this guy is? He's going to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. <laughs> Let me ask you something. Why do people grumble when God shows kindness to someone? Why do people complain when God shows grace to a sinner? You know why? Because they haven't yet met him the way they should. See, when God shows grace to a sinner, people should be rejoicing. People should rejoice. And you will rejoice if you really know Christ. Some of the men, some of the, men of the Bible had this response when they saw the Lord. Isaiah, He's, you know what he said? Here's his testimony. He said, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, oh, lofty and exalted, with the train of his robe. It was filling the temple. And then I said, oh, woe is me, for I am ruined, because I'm a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips, for my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. See, Isaiah was like humbled. When he truly saw the Lord, he was humbled. When Simon Peter recognized Jesus on the beach, he said, Depart from me, for I'm a sinful man, O Lord. He recognized Jesus was superior, and he fell down 
So in verse 7, these people saw the Lord physically, but they didn't know him. Maybe they were even following. Oh, man, are you kidding me? Maybe they were even following him, and they didn't know him. Sound familiar? You think you can follow Jesus and not really know him? You know you can. I bet thousands or maybe millions of people do. They they follow Christ, but they don't really know him. They didn't understand that the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all people, not just some, all people. That's the grace of God. God's grace doesn't distinguish between who can receive it and who cannot. God's grace is there for the taking, for all people. One man said, when people continue in their loveless way, they are in the process of hardening their hearts. Oh man, that's one thing we don't want, a hard heart. You know what a hard heart will do? It'll prevent me from seeing Jesus. That's what it's going to do. It's going to prevent anyone from really seeing Jesus. So Zacchaeus stopped and he said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, and you know what we're going to see in his life? Now we're going to see a drastic life change. A drastic life change that probably no one would ever expect. Here's what he said. Lord, behold, half of my possessions I'll give to the poor. And if I've defrauded anyone of anything, I'm going to give them back four times as much. Think about it. Four times as much. Now, why this change in Zacchaeus? Why? Well, how did Zacchaeus come to such a drastic change in who he was? Because the loving concern that Jesus had shown him, it made him a changed man. Oh, the power of love. You know, maybe that's why Paul said love never fails. You know, a lot of the gifts, they're going to cease. But let me tell you something. Love never fails. And the best way to change someone is to love them. Years and years and years ago, someone gave me a dog. It was a German shepherd, and he was a god dog. It's the meanest thing. Oh, couldn't get near him. And I took him because I love dogs. And I loved that dog, and he went with me everywhere I went. I mean everywhere. He went to work with me. He went home with me. He went to the beach with me. Everywhere. And that big, scary German shepherd turned into a teddy bear. Love changes even animals. And of course, it'll change people. See, when you really do meet Jesus, you will change. Now, the law said, if a man sins against the Lord and another man, he's to make restitution and add one-fifth to what he's to pay back. In other words, 20%. Exodus 22 says, if someone defrauds a man, he's to pay back double. Zacchaeus said, I'm going to pay back four times as much. Four times. He's really showing a change of heart. He's not going to do the minimum. He's going to go beyond, and he's going to do the maximum. And Jesus said to him, Oh, today salvation has come to this house, because he too 
is now a son of Abraham. And then he caps it all off. This is the kicker right here. For the Son of Man has come to seek and save that which was lost. That's why Jesus came, to save the lost. Now, when Jesus says salvation has come to this house, the word salvation, it means deliverance. You know what? <clears throat> we all need to be delivered from something, don't we? I think we all have a little bit of Zacchaeus in us, wouldn't you say? Maybe in a different way. Some need to be delivered from selfishness. Some need to be delivered from pride. Others from greed. Some need to be delivered from a need to control. Some need to be delivered from fear. And that list can go on and on. But here's the key. Meeting Jesus is finding deliverance. And when you truly meet Jesus, you will find deliverance from whatever it is that you need to be delivered from. So what can we learn from this encounter between Jesus and Zacchaeus? Here's a few things that I want to leave you with. Jesus notices you when everyone else ignores you. Jesus accepts you when everyone else rejects you. Jesus invites you when everyone else leaves you out. Do any of these things sound familiar? He loves you when it looks like no one else does. Oh, that's a big one. He loves you when it looks like no one else does. He initiates his love when you are powerless to initiate yours. Oh, isn't that good to know that we love because he first loved us? He doesn't see you as you are, but he sees you as to what you will be after spending time with him. You know, like you hang out with a rose and you're going to smell like a rose. You hang out with Jesus and you're going to you're going to become like Jesus. And because he knows when you really meet him, you will change. Oh, he wants to meet you. He wants to be with you. He wants to walk with you. He wants to live life with you. Because the more time that you spend with Jesus, the more you're going to change. You looking for change in your life? You want some things to change in the new year? Spend time with Jesus.